Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome in on this uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah, we'll talk about the death of uh, Toby Keith here out of the world of country in just a second. Quick note that the Bobby Witt news conference, uh, we talked yesterday about how Bobby Witt Jr. has signed the biggest contract in Royals history. That is starting as we speak. We might dip into that a little bit, hear from Bobby Witt Jr. coming up uh, if he were to speak there. No doubt. Yeah, and good for him. I mean, well-deserved. Certainly his play warrants what what he was awarded here and could not be happier for him. Yeah, so it was the first story I saw when I woke up this morning. Uh, if you, particularly if you have been listening to country music for a while, and Toby Keith made it big right about the time I started listening to country uh, in the mid 90s, he has died of stomach cancer at the age of 62, uh, which is young. And it was, um, that was the first big hit. In fact, Colin and I were talking off the air a little bit about that's if, if you know Toby Keith, that's the first song you know. That's that's one of the first songs that uh, that you know of him. You also know the song that became big after 9-11, and then he did a duet with Willie Nelson called Beer for My Horses. Take yeah. that for what you will. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and, and that was one of the things. You know, we were talking on the thread earlier this morning. I said this is going to be kind of the flip of our normal roles when it comes to discussing music. You get to educate me all about Toby Keith. Uh, you know, certainly know the reputation and know the name. And when you mentioned that those couple of songs, yeah, I just yeah, I wouldn't necessarily have tied them to his name. But talk to me about what a force that he was in country music. Um. I think the kind of music that he did sort of fit. Uh, Toby Keith was six foot four mm-hmm. before he got sick. And that was sort of the scary thing to see when he got st- It was sort of the same thing as watching Patrick Swayze with pancreatic cancer in terms of just sort of dwindling down from this kind of um, assertive big figure to just withering away to nothing. Um, yeah, I saw a couple stories this morning that described him as um, kind of edgy and macho and pro-american and just playing to the crowds controversial sometimes didn't really care what anybody thought um if there's such a thing as like not outlaw country but just kind of 
stick it to like rub, just kind of in your nose, in your face country a little bit. That you, you got to exactly where I was going to go because that was given the fact that he did a duet with Willie Nelson. My first question was going to be, was he sort of that heir apparent to the outlaw country realm? It sounds a little bit more like maybe the Johnny Cash version of that yeah. where it was spitting in the eye of authority and saying, come get me. Yeah. And the crowds liked it. Yeah, and there's not a sure. lot like him, uh, quite frankly, anymore. He also did some boozy country stuff that I, somebody just mentioned Red Solo Cup. It, you know, yeah, I, he did some stuff like that. I don't think you can be in country and not do no. some boozy country stuff. It's fine. Um, but somebody just said, and, and this is what I suspect, somebody just texted and said, I'm not a big country music fan, but I listen to Toby Keith. Yeah. Um, I, I heard a lot of that. like that. Right. Yeah. I, I heard a lot of that in the same way that I'm not a country music fan, but I could recite you pretty much Johnny Cash's entire catalog. You know, right. it's, it's that. And again, it seems to fit with that sort of realm that if you transcend, if you reach people who don't like the kind of stuff you do, but what you do is so good that you draw people in from outside, that's talent. Yeah, um, I was just reading a couple of other stories about him just to describe. Uh, and we'll go to your calls here in a second if you've got thoughts on it. It was called Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue that came out right after 9-11. And that was the one, that was the anthem, man, for country music. And there were several of them. Alan Jackson did a song. I mean, there were several of them. But but that was, th that's exactly who, who Toby Keith was. It was that kind of in-your-face, unapologetic patriotism. And that's what I remember about that, about, about yeah. that controversy, is that when the song came out, there were people saying, okay, that's too much, that's too aggressive, we, you know, we, we've just been, you know, we've taken a hit. And there were, you know, certainly plenty of people who were like, yeah, <laughs> you better believe it. You're, yeah, we're going to put a boot there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but, it, you know, having that sort of controversy around a song like that isn't necessarily a bad thing. What I remember about it is his response to it was very much in that same realm of, okay, you're going to complain about the song? Don't listen to it. Did not care one nope, bit. Nope. Ever. Had none of them left to give. <laughs> and we'll play uh, some more of his music coming up a little bit. Again, it just, um, 62 years old of stomach cancer, I think, is what's getting me a little bit. Yeah. And in a, in a year and a half is all it took. Wow. Unbelievable. Let's yeah, let's go to the phones. Ashley's got a word or two she wants to put in on this. Uh, she's in Peculiar today. Hi, Ashley. Hey, guys. Yeah, this is really sad. I got to meet Toby Keith one time when he was first starting out. He was very, very nice. Um, and, Jamie, I think you nailed it when you said he was kind of the modern outlaw country because he really was. He brought rock and country together in the early, or the mid-'90s, early-'90s, when all that was first starting to come out. But he always reminded me of a David Allen Coe or a oh, yeah. um, Steve Earle, that kind of uh, – yep. is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was very patriotic. He was very good about going on USO tours and entertaining the troops. Um, I can't remember how many times that he had been over to Afghanistan several times to do that. He was a good man, and he was the type of person where if you didn't like that song, oh, let me turn it up for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, right. exactly. I loved him, and it was a great, it's a horrible tragedy because he was one of my absolute favorites. Uh, whenever I was coming up and right about the time should have been a cowboy came out was when I was riding bulls and it was always, I should have been a cowgirl and changed the words. So I'm really yeah. sad about this one. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot, Ashley, yeah, thank for you, the call. Ashley. I appreciate it. Uh, somebody just reminded me, some of you are remembering songs that I forgot about. Like, How Do You Like Me Now? We'll find that. We'll play that maybe to come out of this break here. Um, that's Toby Keith. Like, just the title of that song. Yeah. 
you know, look at me now. And, well, the, and I know you spent a lot of time yesterday, and we talked about it a lot on Friday, with a new song coming out from Billy Joel. That's, again, the real tragedy of losing Toby Keith. You said he was, what, 62? 62 years old. Billy Joel's 12 years older than that and still mm-hmm. producing music. And to lose a talent at that age, he's he wasn't done. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Toby Keith... Uh, had a lot, had uh, bars. It might've been called, um, God, I can't think of what they're called now, but he had a line of like clubs of, of uh, yet another one of these guys in country. And this is becoming a thing now too, where like Blake Shelton and some of these guys open clubs then in Nashville. Um, was his the, I love clubs. this bar and grill. Yes. Was that Toby Keith? That is it. Yep. Was Thank that his song? I love this bar. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I, think I know that the name too. Of the, I think that's the name of the, the restaurant. Got it. Okay, it, yeah, because yeah. there was, I remember there being a country song called I Love This Bar. So, yeah, that would yep. go, if that was one of his, makes sense. That's him. Yeah, and I, that's one of those, like, I respect that kind of country. I don't listen to a lot of that as, as he evolved a little bit, but I, I just kind of respect that that has a place in the picture there. So, um, we'll play some more coming up. And if you have further thoughts, 913-586-7798. We are being told that Bobby Witt Jr., we cannot, that apparently the audio out of this press conference with the Kansas City Royals is awful. As has been a problem with us in the past. (laughs) I don't know what it is about our press conferences, but they seem to be. So we will um, perhaps grab audio of this later and see what Bobby Wood Jr. has to say. I mean, he, he made some comments yesterday about, I don't know what else he's going to say at this point, but he he said a few things yesterday about that. Uh, we have some Super Bowl stuff to get to and some Patrick Mahomes news to get to. The first thing I want to mention is the independent school district. Allow them to be the first school district that has already announced if there is to be a Super Bowl parade on Valentine's Day, they will not have school. (laughs) Here's the advantage of them being on a four-day week. They'll make it up. Red Snow Day, they're calling it, on Monday, April 29th. Sure. And, yeah, that gives them the freedom to do that. I think we even predicted that a little bit when we were talking about what's going to happen if there's another midweek parade, which there would have to be. NFL rules say, I think you have three days. It's 72 hours from from the game that you have to have the parade in by to allow the players to just scatter after the game. So, uh, yeah, it has to be done midweek, but that gives them the ability to go ahead and do that. It'll be interesting to see if any of the other districts that are still on five-day learning weeks follow suit and then either just give the kids a day off or add one in when it comes to the end of the year. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last time we did this. Um, I, I can't remember if every what the school districts did what i clearly remember is when the royals won the world series nobody had school the day of that parade Mm -hmm. because so many teachers called off sick that you didn't have any you didn't have no substitutes to go in and teach them i don't remember what we've done on the days of the super bowl if you're hearing anything out of your district parents if you've caught announcements that we have not caught yet 913-586-67798 again with the royals it's a little bit easier because it's october instead of february so you know it's earlier in the year they've got more time that they can figure out where to make up that day take it off a winter break take it off a you know spring break whatever you want to do um so I just think it's interesting that Independence is already planning for it. So if you're hearing anything, feel free to let us know. Uh, we'll take a break. Coming up, we wondered yesterday what, if anything, Patrick Mahomes would say, because last night there was the first big night of the festivities in Vegas. We wonder what Patrick Mahomes would say about his dad's DWI. He said a little bit, not a lot. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay. Uh, last night was the opening night of the Super Bowl week festivities in Las Vegas. 
We have some funny stuff to get to. Uh, we have the 11-year-old reporter that I think we're all going to be working for one day, Jeremiah this, Fennell. This kid. <laughs> who is awesome. Uh, he, we'll get to some stuff with him coming up here in a minute. But we learned yesterday a lot more uh, about the DWI case involving Patrick Mahomes Sr. If you missed that out of Tyler, Texas on Saturday night, he was pulled over. He had an open Coors Light sitting in the console. Uh, he was driving slower than the rest of traffic. That's what made police initially uh, get his attention. They pulled him over. They said, why have you been drinking? And he said, I was out at a bar watching a game, having a few drinks, and took the Coors Light open container with him. It's a felony because that's his third one uh, in the last few years since 2018. And so there was some debate yesterday about whether he's going to be able to go to the game. Yes, he can. Legally, he's not bound to the state of Texas. No, yeah, because he paid his bond. And as part of that, there was a bond agreement that said he would be allowed to go under certain conditions and those conditions include obviously no consuming alcohol while you're there if you have we talked about this yesterday but if you would like to further comment on that feel free predictably patrick mahomes was asked about this last night in the first media night and he he basically said what we thought he would um so here's here's what he had to say yeah, um, he's doing good. Uh, I haven't, don't really want to get into it too much, but um, um, he's doing good for, for whatever the, the situation is. Um, it's a family matter, so I'll just keep it to the family, um, and that's all I really have to say at this point. Good job. Wait, that's what he yeah. should have said. I mean, you couldn't have had it scripted better than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I would have said. That's exactly what he should have said. And the, and the thing is, you're just a little commentary on that because Super Bowl week, obviously we're a lot more familiar with it here in town over the last few years than most, you know, because we've been to a few of these. But if you're thinking, okay, how could a reporter ask that? You're going to find that during Super Bowl week, there is no out of bounds. And you've got a lot of reporters. I mean, there, there are always jokes made about the foreign press asking questions about anything other than football because they have no idea what football is all about. Mm -hmm. But every reporter in the world has got either is there or wants to be there. And they've got their list of questions that they want to ask. When something like this comes up, it is bound to be asked about. And I'm sure, you know, like I said, you couldn't have scripted it better than that. I'm sure that wasn't cold. I'm sure Patrick. Mahomes knew what was coming and thought, okay, what am I going to say? Not if, but when I'm asked about this. And it was the perfect response. Frankly, I appreciate that he didn't just say no comment. Yes. Yes. Because at least there was a soundbite associated with it, which is really all the media needed. Was exactly. to be able to play 15 seconds. And I mean, not to go, you know, digging up the past, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh -huh. it's, it's not the There's first past. It's not the first time that, that Patrick Mahomes has been called upon to answer for a family member. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's also not the first time that we have had to talk about some trouble with the Chiefs family. True. Immediately before a Super Bowl. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, what you said about the arrest itself was interesting to me in that he wasn't pulled over for something else that they pulled him over on suspicion of DUI that, that right. he was going too slow, but it wasn't weaving, you know, it wasn't that they just said, yeah, he was going too slow. And that's a, usually a pretty good indicator that there may be a problem there. So they checked it out and sure enough, they saw that Coors can. Um, so it, we'll see where this goes, but it's probably not going to be anywhere good. Uh, it, you know, for the time being though, he will at least get to see his son play in another Super Bowl. To somebody who just said on the text line, I'm sure every reporter's management told them to ask or record a response if asked by another reporter. It's a news conference. 
everybody is plugged into that. Everybody, yes. you just have a big box that you plug your recorder into. My management wouldn't have to tell me to ask that question. Uh, any journalist is smart enough to, it's the first thing you ask. <laughs> it was the big news from the weekend. Nobody right. would have to tell me to ask that question. Right. And and I mean, I'm sure there are going to be follow-ups too. That's the yeah. other thing about this is that even though he's already made that statement about it, I'm sure that somewhere along the line, some reporter is going to ask him, how do you keep this from affecting you during the game? The fact that you've got a family member who's going through something like this, do you think it's going to affect your play? That I don't know that that question's been asked yet, but it's coming. And on Sunday, the story will be either yes, Patrick Mahomes Sr. was there, or no, he wasn't. Right. Either either way, that will be a story. Sure, yeah, just because he has the ability to go, just because they negotiated that doesn't necessarily mean he will. And will he talk that over with Patrick? Yes. All right, um, on to some more fun clips out of last night's uh, media night. So uh, we didn't really talk a whole lot about this, but there was a picture of Patrick Mahomes shirtless uh, where, he, where there were jokes being made about the dad bod. And in fact, in all seriousness for a second, there were some pundits, I guess I'll call them that, who said, it's really not cool. Like, he's an athlete. Why doesn't he look like an athlete? You know, he, uh, he joked about it last night. I have a six pack. It's just under the dad bod. So it's just if you, if you feel I mean, there might be some skin there, but then underneath that, the six packs there, you just got to get real close and you got to squint a little bit and I think you'll see it. <laughs> yeah, well done. Uh -huh. absolutely. And, you know, he's uh, he's also no stranger to being able to laugh at himself. Yeah. And I think with anybody, I mean, who's really going to take that seriously enough to go, oh, Patrick Mahomes is a big marshmallow. He's a big puffball. Oh, come on. I think we all know a little bit better than that. A very well-paid marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, what what athletic feat has he yet to perform? Right. That you know the, the you know hasn't been amazing. So uh, look, if if a little bit of pooch there is all it takes to get that done, then pooch away, dude. Who could have gone pro in two sports, yeah, not just one, with right. that marshmallow? I would okay. give for his body. Right? I don't know why people are dogging on him. I would give anything to have a body like his. Not to mention. Compared to myself. Well, right. And, and you know, everybody's pointing at the stomach. Did you see those guns? <laughs> I mean. Oh, yeah. Dude. And, you know, and they may not be cut. But wow, I mean, it's it's that same thing. It's like you can tell that's nothing but solid muscle from you know from his shoulder all the way down to his wrist. Yeah, like you said, you just squint one eye a little bit, you turn your head sideways, <laughs> right. and if you just close the other eye, yeah, there it is. There it is. All right. Speaking of laughing at himself, uh, he also uh, took a shot at his own voice. What is your best Kermit the Frog impression? I'm talking right now. That's it. <laughs> uh huh. He's just so, you have to be impressed with Patrick Mahomes for being 28 years old to have that kind of poise and be, and now he's been asked a lot of this stuff before, but just to, to be able to make this, this part of the day can't be fun. He just wants to go out there and play football. Yeah. I mean, he has said, we're here on business. He said yesterday, we're here on business. If we win the Super Bowl, I'll bring the guys back here for fun. You got to be impressed with how good he is at this stuff. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Well, and, and like you said, nobody really looks forward to it. I'm trying to who was the running back a few years ago that said, I'm just here. Marshawn Lynch. That's yeah, yeah. right. What was his quote? He said, I'm just here. because I'm I, just here. So I won't get fined. So I won't get fined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm sure to some degree, they all feel that way. It's like, okay, yeah, this is part of the gig. I've got to go out and do this. I'm going to go out and do this. And then, uh, yeah, well, like you said, I'll get back to business. We'll go to work. All right, then we had the 11-year-old reporter. Um, Colin, I didn't realize this kid had done this before, but his name is Jeremiah Fennell, 
who was, and there's a story about him, who was out at Super Bowl opening night. I just found out he picked the 49ers to win, so oh. save my feelings about that for later. <laughs> uh, but he was interviewing everybody last night and, and, and just doing an awesome job. Uh, he talked to Andy Reid about food. I know that you are famous for your love of cheeseburgers. So my question to you is, Coach, what are some foods that you have never tried and never want to try and why? Well, listen, I'm up for everything. I just don't like liver. Everything else is free game. You know what I love the most about that kid is the composure. I mean, like you said, this isn't the first time. He's been doing this since he was seven years old. He's got four Mm -hmm. years under his belt already. But you're standing there, and you've got cameras pointed at you. As an 11-year-old, you've got all the cameras in the world pointed at you asking Andy Reid a question or asking Travis Kelsey a question. And he wasn't – his delivery was not the delivery of an 11-year-old kid. No, it was just great. And there's a, he interviewed everybody, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. He's, he was out there with everybody. So So I'm sure you'll see more of him uh, coming up this week. All right. uh, So we'll keep an eye on any other updates today coming out of the Super Bowl, certainly. And we'll let you know what we hear about today. All right. Switching gears uh, coming up. This is legislative proposal season, and we've got one coming up out of Missouri about the school age, the mandatory school age. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Quick note about a couple of stories that we're keeping an eye on today. Uh, it just came out from the NTSB that at 1 o'clock this afternoon is when they are going to post online their preliminary report into the January 5th door plug accident, as they call it, with Alaska Airlines. So that would be one o'clock our time that that report will be posted online. Uh, the result of their investigation, the preliminary report. So we'll keep an eye on that. See what comes out of that later this afternoon. How fast can you read? Um, I think between the two of us, right. I suspect this report is going to be 400 pages long. You take the first half. I'll take the second <laughs> half. We should have it done by the time news is over. <laughs> Colin, can we can we? You know, put 10 more minutes into that one o'clock break. That would be super helpful. <laughs> also, we do not yet have a verdict in the Jennifer Crumbly case. I thought we'd have that yesterday, um, but this is the first time that we have had the parent of a school shooter go to trial for that shooter's actions. And in this case, it is the accessibility of the gun. Right. And you're not the only one, by the way, that was waiting with bated breath yesterday to see what was going to happen. In fact, this morning's headline out of the Independent in the UK is Jennifer Crumbly trial verdict looms as jury deliberates a second day. So okay. clearly, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's going to happen at some point, but I don't know about looms. That's it seems a little bit more immediate than maybe is called for. Um, any predictions on how close to one o'clock that crumbly verdict may come in? Because, you know, that yeah, would be our luck. Of course. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, either that or it'll happen at 205. You know, that, that's the other right. way. To, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. The, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm suspicious that, they, you know, that the independent may really have jumped the gun because they're asking a jury to do something that no jury has ever been asked to do before. And that's Isn't it tricky. a faster verdict? Sorry, a faster verdict usually means a guilty verdict. It's yes, traditionally, it, it, but but not necessarily. I, you know, keep in mind OJ was right. four, forty-five minutes, something like that, yeah. and they came back not guilty. But um, yeah, a short time usually does indicate that it's bad news for the defendant. So if they're arguing over, and what I hope is going on during the deliberations, we'll find out after the deliberations are over, and whatever happens, happens. But that they're discussing at length the issues that they have to decide this on and what the judge's instructions were rather than, you know, debating yes. about her necessarily. I mean, you can get to that. But I think first you have to settle as a jury. Are we even OK with charging somebody who was not there when the crime was committed? Involuntary manslaughter. What yep. is, she, is that what she's charged? Yes. With? Four counts, right? Um, so we'll see today uh so far i've not heard anything about them asking questions uh you know questions of the judge or anything like that so we'll see what ends up uh, happening with that today all right couple of stories related to schools one out of missouri then we'll get to this one out of utah i did not realize that the mandatory age to send your kids to school in missouri is seven 
You're not alone. I didn't either. Not until this story happened, because there's now a bill to stop that and bring Missouri in line with most other states where the mandatory reporting age to school is five for kindergartners. If you are a parent and you have waited to send your kids to school, not at the age of five or six, I mean, essentially what you're talking about is a year behind the rest of us when the rest of us would have started kindergarten. What was your reason? What If you are in that group where you knew it was age seven and you waited, what was your reason? And this may be a silly question, and I'm sorry if it is, but if you do that, does your seven-year-old start as a second grader or do they start as a kindergartner? I don't know. Right? I would assume kindergarten. I would assume I, I, I you would have too. decided to start your kid. Well, let me take that back. What if you decided to homeschool? And I, and I wonder if this is part of what's behind that. If you decided to homeschool your kids at the age of five and six, then does it count Then you start them in first or second grade? Right, because they would have that background education. Now, you may not learn much during kindergarten, mm-hmm. but one of the important things that you do learn uh, during kindergarten as a, as a five-year-old is one of the things that they refer to as why the parents that don't like this idea of lowering it from seven down to five don't like it, which is you have parents and parents groups saying not every kid is capable yet of sitting still, of being in a classroom environment where they're not going to be disruptive, that they they haven't learned yet how to control themselves. And if you have a bunch of five and six-year-olds who are showing up who are causing that kind of trouble, not only is it trouble for them, it's trouble for the other kids as well. So it is what's I guess what's more important? Is it the instruction or is it the instruction in how to do that? And how much can the schools really help with that? If you've got an unruly five-year-old of explaining to them, look, this just isn't acceptable and you can't do that. Is the earliest you can send your kids to school four? I believe so. What's the earliest for kindergarten? I I think it depends on the date that you're born and the date that school starts. Yeah. But I was was always one of the youngest in my class. Uh And my birthday is September 15th. So I was younger than everybody else. So, yeah, when I started kindergarten, I would have been four, but only for a couple of weeks. Okay, now you got me wondering. I was five when I started kindergarten, and my birthday's in January. Right, yeah, because I and I missed so, the cutoff by a okay. very short period of time. If I had been born like a week later, I would have had to wait an entire year. I don't love this. Um, I the more that I'm thinking about it, and now that we have talked about the part about not all kids are ready for school, I like parents having the option of sending them to school at the age of five. But they're absolutely right, given the prevalence of ADHD and ADD with kids now and autism being as popular as it is, that's not the right word, but as common as it is now, not every kid is prepared for or can handle the structure of school yet. Now, to that end, I don't know what benefit they get from being not in school for those two years, and that's the problem is you learn and start and get started on some basic skills that are important to learn early that the earlier you learn those the better off you're going to be and it potentially puts you behind to the fact that you're not going to be graduating high school until you're 19 right or 20 or 20 that's right there are 18 year olds who again depending on the birthday right yeah. <laughs> that, that would you know that might have to wait that long in order to uh, to graduate and that i mean you could make things up you know, over over time and skip grades. I mean, that's that's a fairly common thing to have happen. And I would guess that if you're nine years old and you've just now made it into the third grade, you probably know a few things. 
Yeah. Um, do if they are not mature enough to start, and I, I use that word, I think you know what I mean. But if they yeah. they're not mature enough to start the school at the age of five, can you make that time up? If you start them at age seven, is there do do they overcome that maturity deficit at some point? And through summer school. Can you somehow still get them graduated at age 18? You took the words right out of my mouth. As soon as you started that sentence, my brain went summer school. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Or just showing proficiency to the point where they're like, no, nope, you've already advanced past this. You're going right from third grade into fifth grade. Um, is, is it possible that it would make sense? Because I'm not crazy about this either for exactly the reasons that you just mentioned. But um, would it make sense to go halfway with it and say, okay, in some circumstances, you can wait until age seven to put them in a school environment. If your child has a demonstrable um, malady, or that's not really the right word either, but some demonstrable issue that's going to keep them from you know being able to keep themselves under control. If you can demonstrate that, then you can get that kind of special dispensation. But right now, all you have to do is say, I don't want my kid to start yet. I'll use the word diagnosed. Thank I mean, you. If, yes. if you can give a diagnosed by a doctor reason to demonstrate, because again, my issue is what are you doing with them instead of them being in school? And you're going to lose basic math. And this is when they, they learn to read and not every parent is good at teaching that stuff. And, and that's okay. You're not a teacher. That's okay that you're not, but they got to learn those basic skills early. I, I go back and forth about this. I sort of think even if they're not socially ready for that structure, bear with it. And that's kind you know? of what kindergarten is for in my eyes. That's, yeah. that's why they're there. And that's why they're there doing things like finger painting and, right. uh, you know, and, and things that little kids enjoy doing anyway, but they're doing it in a structured um, classroom environment so that they can sort of get used to that. So that when it comes to first grade and we start learning our numbers and our times tables and things like that, that we're already sitting at our desk quietly when we're asked to. I worry this would put Missouri behind. Yeah. I th score wise and just progress wise. I worry this would put us behind. Right. Yeah. What's, so. what's the benefit? To waiting. Yeah. If you have thoughts, 913-586-7798. Coming up, we'll talk about what a lawmaker in Utah wants to mandate for kids that are going into school. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. A uh, couple quick notes here that some of you were mentioning about the story out of Missouri. Again, the proposal is, John and I both learned, that you don't have to send your kids to school until the age of seven in Missouri, which feels late. Uh, the proposal now is to make that the age of five. A couple of you have mentioned the money, that yes, that would be part of the reason. I hate that that would be a reason, but okay. Sure. Um, would be a reason, although that's the reason, that would be a reason, quite frankly, for the state to leave it at seven because it's less money the state has to kick in for school districts because they've got more kids there. And you mentioned something about seven-year-olds being in class with five-year-olds, uh, five too. Yeah, there, there was you know, somebody on the, on the text line said, you don't want a seven-year-old in kindergarten with four and five and six-year-olds because they wouldn't fit in socially or they would become bullies because they're the biggest kid there. And that's possible, especially if they haven't had those two years of that same kind of training of how to share, how to be in group, how to you know do all of that stuff. That's a possibility. The other one, uh, and I'll give credit to our, our caller, Mike, who uh, posted up in our, our little fan group, um, you know, we've been talking about this as far as how do you let kids advance once they get there? How do you let that seven-year-old catch up to his peers who are now two grades ahead of him? Right. And what if, what if you work it the other way? 
what if that seven-year-old gets into third grade as a then 10-year-old or 11-year-old and starts really struggling and has to be held back? Now we're talking about a kid who doesn't graduate high school until he's 21. God, I have so many mixed feelings about that, yeah. about holding a kid back anyway, um, because this is where I feel like tutoring matters and summer school matters and parents helping matters. Um, a lot can happen to a kid maturity-wise if you hold them back a year. But you're right. I mean, what's what becomes the problem then when you have a three-year age difference between the kids and i'll come back to what you said about the physical difference too i mean i'm waiting for someone to mention on the text line the possibility of an older kid being a predator well yeah i was again you you got there right as i was getting there as well uh because i was thinking okay now again go go to that 21 year old who is a high school senior oh boy okay do you want a 21 year old high school senior in class with your 18 year old daughter okay but my question is how often does this happen now yeah that's true that's true, because, because, right because now, this is the system. It's seven, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're sort of talking about it as if the seven-year-old is being proposed, but it's the five-year-old. It's mandating it at five yeah, that, this the, is, that may change. This is the system we're living under now is where the seven-year-old, you know, you don't have to take your kids to school until they're seven years old. we got a bunch of you that want to comment on this and get in and, and listen, I mean, just because we're both against this, that doesn't mean if you're for it, you shouldn't call. In fact, yeah. we want to hear from you. If if you see a good reason to do this that we don't see, I mean, there's a reason why it's there now. Somebody thought it was a good idea at some point and put it into the law. So if that's you, by all means, hop on the phone. 913-586-7798. We'll go to Bruce in Raytown. Hey, Bruce. Yeah, um, I went to school at the regular time when I was uh, – probably five and a half or whatever, and uh, I couldn't read worth the darn, and nobody ever taught me, and I didn't learn really learn to read. I read a lot now, but I didn't learn to read till I was 30, and I taught myself. Wow. So I, at, when I graduated from high school, I read probably at the third grade level, if that much. How so, did, uh, Do you know how you ended up getting passed through all that time? Well, my mother was a school teacher, and she was real smart, but she, she was so busy with all those kids and grading papers and everything, she didn't have time. And I don't think she even knew that I couldn't read that well. She just was too busy. And my siblings were all older than I was, and they could all read real well. But I couldn't. And wow. now, now two of them are gone now, and my, my brother doesn't read a lick, and I read all the time. I, I read books all the time. I just went to Phoenix. My son took me to Phoenix and uh, for a Christmas present, and, and I read a book. I read half of a 300-page book when I was in the airplane and, and, and when I had spare time. Good man. Yeah, it's it's a good thing you caught up. Um, all right, Bruce, thank you. The, thanks very much. I, I don't know what that, that commentary is on, you know, uh, how that connects in here, but I guess what he's pointing out is that just because you do put a kid in kindergarten at age five, it's still not a guarantee. Right. Yeah, to me that um, I, I'm disappointed in mom there. Alicia's in Kansas City. She's up next with us. Hi, Alicia. Hi. Welcome in. Hi. Hi. I I started kindergarten when I was when I was five years old, and then my parents held me back in first grade was because I had a reading problem as well, and I was reading by sight, not by sound, by sight, and I struggled with reading. I don't like to read. 
and if I have to read, I have to read a little bit outside out loud to myself to understand what I'm reading about. And I've had that problem ever since I was in school. And I I was the oldest one in my class in 83 to graduate. Because I graduated when I was 19 and everybody else was either 17 or 18 years old. What do you feel like that did in terms of your ability to go on with the rest of your life? Did it matter to you that you graduated when you were 19? No. Okay. No, no. But I have a, a 39-year-old daughter. Um, she has a learning disability to herself, and I and we found out when she was in first grade that she had a learning disability. But we, we didn't learn that until she was in elementary but when she was in kindergarten, it, she she enjoyed kindergarten. She enjoyed the reading and everything, but she struggled with classes. And we had her with special education teachers all through her all through her school year. And she graduated um, with her her class at the same age. But we made we found out a couple of mistakes when uh, she was in school that um, we should have left her where she was at in elementary and in high school, because they were putting her in regular um, handicap classes instead of putting her in regular classes with with all the other students. Right. Yeah. Never easy. All right. Uh, Alicia, thanks very much. Um, yeah. Um, I just wonder about who points out the disabilities there. But yeah, we'll we'll keep going here real quick. We'll go to David Odessa up next. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you going? Great, great. Well, um, see, I never actually went to kindergarten at all. Um, but at, at the age of five, I was already, you know, I was already reading some at home. So, you know, and my my mother's like, you know, there, there's no, that's not necessary. I didn't. Um, I was six and a half when I started school, and I just started right in first grade. And they were okay with that. The school just said, okay, yep, oh, yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's well, old enough to be yeah, here, so was, let's go. This is 1974. Okay. Um, yeah, huh. I mean, I think it just depends on the individual kid, you know. If it, if it, if you, you know, I think, I think, I think kindergarten is something that necessary shouldn't necessarily be mandatory. It should just kind of be optional, you know, if the child needs it. Um, would you do that? Decide. Would you do that with your own kids? Well, if they, yes. Okay, depending, like you said, on what their level yeah, of development was, etc. Yeah, depending yeah. on, you know, what how they're doing. Okay. All right, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, I generally think kids being in school earlier is better. It just for that, for more practice in some of those skills. I've yet to hear a person tell me they waited until the age of seven to send their kids to school. Yeah. Which is telling. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that the fact that we didn't have a flood of calls defending it <laughs> was was yeah. also, and you know, same with the text line. Most of you were pretty skeptical of waiting until the kid is seven years old. So now the next thing we get to learn about this is, does that bill pass? Yeah, what's the hearing going to sound like and who's on either side of this? So uh, we'll wait and see what happens with it. All right, coming up, we will get to that story out of Utah. Uh, we also have a question being asked. We know at what point police are probably going to pull you over, but how fast do you think you can go before you're stopped? We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.